there is always something to improve. There is not, however, always the energy, time, and money to invest in lengthy or costly solutions. So what is the best, least expensive way to improve performance on anything? Stay tuned, and I'll tell you what I think it is. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. As I'm sure you have, I have tried a number of tactics and strategies to improve performance, improve adherence, compliance on a wide range of tasks and actions. I've also been part of somebody, I've been some, a part of a situation where I'm not the decision maker and I've seen other people employ various tactics and strategies to improve performance, adherence, and compliance on a wide range of tasks and actions. Sometimes we have great success and other times not so much. We talk about things like, yeah, I have the carrot and the stick. You know, we're going to use bonuses and attaboys. We're going to back it up with threats and disciplinary actions. We try things like begging, threatening, nagging, even bribery. We ask other business owners what they have tried, what's worked for them. In my experience, well, we and we hear from those folks, you know, we ask them like, hey, what's worked for you? And they tell us, and, and sometimes their their experiences, sometimes they have great results and they tell us, and sometimes they're they have duds. And many times we have people who just sit around and lament that they don't have the answer. They don't know what to do. They 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 wish they had better compliance, they wish they had better buy-in, they wish they had better participation, they wish they had better adherence, all these things. And in my experience, there's one strategy that beats all the others. Now I have to say that the solution I'm going to talk about here is predicated on the notion that all parties involved know exactly what success looks like with whatever undertaking we're going to apply this to. So you've heard me say before, there's six reasons employees don't do things. One of them is the number one reason, which I'm not going to get into today. I've done other episodes about this. The number one reason is they don't know what success looks like. They don't know what the goal. They can't tell you what the goal is. They can't tell you what success looks like. This solution is predicated on the notion they can do that. I'm also granting for this particular solution, the proper training has been done and we're looking to improve performance on something that everybody knows how to do. So again, if they don't know how to do the thing, then this is not going to apply. If they don't know how to do the thing, the number one fix is teach them how to do the thing. But this assumes that they know what success looks like, they know the goal, and they know how to do the thing. And they're just not doing this. I'm also going to preface this one more thing by saying the number one reason this particular strategy stops working is because the business owner, manager, or other person in charge stops. They drop the ball. So what is it? It's consistently tracking and publishing the performance results in a public place. Now, I've seen this work in a ton of different places, in a ton of different industries, a ton of different environments, a ton of business, business, uh, different business structures, and everywhere I've worked. I mean, I, I, I can't think of a single example. You know, I haven't had like 50 jobs, but I've had more than a handful. Everywhere I've worked, 
the things that have been consistently tracked and published universally and absolutely have had better performance than all others. So, of course, we see this this kind of scenario happening on sales-related things. If you have a sales department, if you have technicians who are doing sales functions, which virtually all of us do, we would have an, uh, I've seen areas where there's published results of sales performance. It could be dollar per ticket. It could be uh, upsells. It could be close rate. It could be total sales. It could be total sales per month, per quarter, per year. What are we pacing for it? All those things. It could also, I've also, and in, in, in those applications, it, it's especially in sales, sometimes people are competitive, whatever. But it public, you know, this is an area where these things are published where it makes sense. And there and there's other places where it makes sense where we don't always know or or think that it would make sense. So if you have a sales driven company, which I would argue all of us do, we want to publish the things that matter as far as sales, right? We also have other things that matter that Again, arguably could be more important than sales, like accident prevention. Well, I've worked at places that didn't publish that kind of stuff, and they had a certain kind of results on accident prevention. And I've worked for places that did publish that stuff, and they had different results on accident prevention. I can also tell you for the company I owned, we had different results when we didn't publish that data than when we did publish that data. So things that we could publish as far as accident prevention, uh, obvious ones are, you know, you've seen days since last avoidable accident. Days since last time accident, you could you could publish how much money uh, or how much uh, accidents have cost. I mean, there's there's a variety of ways you could approach this. You'll know for your in your, for your company what will fit the best. But if you're struggling with accident prevention, and I can tell you from personal experience as a guy who had a company where we struggled with accident prevention, one of the things we did is start publishing the, the data we cared about. Just like we've I've seen in sales organizations or place, place where they they publish sales data. It also works in other other things. It works in things like customer service and retention. Warranty calls, tracking how many percentage of total calls that ran we ran that turned out to be warranty calls. That's a metric I've seen tracked. Uh, percentage of service requests responded to, quote unquote, on time. So if you have, for example, a requirement within your company that if you get an e like I had one, uh, when we got email service requests from our commercial customers, we had a rule. We had to respond within 15 minutes. If we were really suffering in that, we weren't uh, performing very well, I could create a metric and, per, and post and publish the percentage of service requests we responded to, quote unquote, on time. So I've seen this in software uh, where, where, you know, that this, this information is tracked for people. And again, it's as simple as running a report and publishing the data in some cases. I've seen in, in, in situations where uh, we had CSRs, this was not, my company, but I, I helped somebody with this. CSRs who were kind of not <laughs> eager to take phone calls. They would kind of just passively sit back and let somebody else take the calls. We started tracking and publishing the percentage of calls taken by individual. And it totally changed from people fighting over who had to take the call to she won't let me take any of the calls. That transformation happened in a matter of weeks. Happy call scores. So happy calls, um, when I when I refer to happy calls. Uh, we would we would do outbound calls from the call center to check with our customers after the technician had left 
to make sure they had done things we cared about. Like, did they wear their floor protectors? Did they give them up a price up front before they started the job? Did they introduce themselves by name? Like, whatever. We had, like, five things. It was not a lengthy call. Anyhow, we collected that data and published scores for that. Uh, mystery call scores, where we have, uh, where we would do mystery calls. We called a mystery caller, where they were they were people who would call the call center, and we would we would see if they're using the scripts that we had. You know, are are they are they using the script to overcome the objections? You know, well, how much does it cost? We had a script for that. Did they follow the script? We published the results for the mystery call scores. Here's where you, here's where people here's where people um, performed on these various things that we cared about. So my point is. I can't imagine very many things in sitting here off the top of my head. I can't think of any, but there, I'm sure there's some, but very, very few, if any things, I would say we cannot collect meaningful data and publish results. Now, to be clear, I'm not talking about just publishing collective performance, although I wouldn't want to include the collective, right? If we have five salespeople I want to track all their, their metrics that I want to track individually. And of course, we'd have a total, right? We'd have, here's how the group is performing. Having the group performance also, I think is great. But I'm not talking about just having group performance. Much of the point of this is for people to see how they're doing on this thing compared to others. This is where the, I don't know, 80% of the benefit probably is, is how am I doing compared to others? Nobody wants to be at the bottom. Lots of people want to be at the top. This is just how it is. And on, on things that are fun competition, like sales can be fun competition. It sparks enthusiasm. It sparks higher performance on things that we need to avoid because we don't want to be the guy. Nobody wants to be that guy on things like accident prevention or customer service. We, we have a compelling reason to not be at the bottom of those lists. And I think it's, this is when we really clear about this, this is not something that I'm interested in using as a tool to beat people up. That is absolutely not it. I also though have a responsibility to pre present and have objective data to support my positions on whether or not we need to improve. So if I'm telling Johnny, Johnny, you need to be better at this thing. And Johnny says, well, show me how I'm doing compared to others. And I go, I don't know. That's a problem. I need I need to have the ability to do that if I'm going to be perceived as being fair and objective and and wanting people to be successful. If I don't have this data, I just look like a jerk if I have those conversations and maybe rightfully so, probably rightfully so. Also, if this information is published, I don't have to have that conversation with Johnny. Johnny's going to get it. Johnny's going to not want to be the person on the bottom list or maybe Johnny shouldn't work here, right? And now I want to be really clear also I'm not just talking sales stuff. There's if there's things that you are having struggles with, publish the data. And, and like so, for example, I'm just thinking this on the off the top of my head here. If you have like many people, you have struggles with with your technicians turning in invoices on time, or getting estimates written on time, or turning in receipts for expenses. Those kind of basic, complete pain in my behind issues. That would be something I would really consider. Like, let's just take the invoices. Okay. They're out running three jobs a day and you want them to turn them in every day so we can get the billing done. Like we want, we want things to run on clockwork and you'll have that guy who is, is uh, 
all of a sudden he comes in one day and he's got like six days worth of invoices he's going to turn in or six days worth of receipts or whatever. His dog ate his homework and he can't find receipts. There's no reason we can't track that. There's no reason we can't say percentage of invoices turned in, quote unquote, on time. And on time would be the next day. So I do three jobs today. On time would be I turn them in tomorrow. There's no reason we couldn't track that. Well, yeah, but Brian, sometimes they go directly to the job site. Okay, we'll have an exception for that. Whatever. These are, if, the, if it matters, we can find a way to track it. And if we track it, performance will improve. I have not seen a single example where performance does not improve on data that is published and, and public, right? So I'm also not talking about having a spreadsheet or some kind of graph or tool or whatever, some kind of software generated metric, that, again, graphs and, and charts and whatever that we email out to the group or that we just expect people to find on their own. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about having this information posted in a conspicuous place in the office where everyone can see it. It's, it's, this is, we want it to be publicized, meaning in public. We want to show of all the things we could track, we choose this one. That's how important this thing is. So we can't have 43 things that we're tracking. We, we want to track the things that, that will you know, move the company forward, provide a better experience for our customers help our people internally, whatever it is, right? You're not going to have, you know, 28 things you're tracking. You're going to have 10, maybe, maybe less than that, maybe five, maybe two. I don't know. Point is we're showing people, these are the things that matter. These are the key things that matter. Hence the term key performance indicators. These are the things that really matter to us. And it's fascinating to see how behavior changes. It's also fascinating to see how different people can be observed looking at the posted data. Some folks, you know, and one of the things I would recommend is if you're going to do this, and I really strongly recommend you do on things that matter to you and things that you're struggling with that you've not figured out a different way to get solutions for, publish at the same time every week or every two days or every day, whatever whatever you're going to do. Publish it, and but be consistent. If you're going to do it on Tuesdays, pick a time. We'll have it up on Tuesdays by 9 a.m. or Tuesdays at noon or whatever. Be consistent and put at the same time. And what's fascinating is to watch. Some people will learn. And maybe you'll just they'll learn because you tell them. They'll see when you're going to publish this stuff, and they'll they'll like <laughs> nearly run over there to go see the stuff when it's posted because they want to see how they did. Other folks will be like super sly and super sneaky, and they'll act like they're not looking, but you can totally see that they're looking. My point is, it's interesting to see how people can be observed looking at the data. I can't think of a time in a company where there was an individual who didn't look at the data. I can't think of it. Now, some people didn't want to be seen looking at the data. That I've seen a ton of times. I can't, I can't remember an instance where there was Sally who just didn't care about this stuff that we published. I just, I, I don't remember a time that ever happened. It could have happened. And, and I would, if they don't care about this stuff, then that would be a pretty indi indication where our root problem really is. All right. More on that in a minute. First, let me ask you something. Have you ever had a $3,564 problem? Sounds silly, right? Problems are expensive, not to mention frustrating. Here's the thing. If you didn't take advantage of any of the available discounts and solved only one $3,564 problem in a year, your membership to Service Business Academy would have paid for itself. Now, I know we solve between one and five $3,564 problems every single week on our 90-minute Zoom calls. So you would have to try really, really hard not to solve a single one of those problems in a year. But let's say you only solved one of those problems in a month, which I still think would be difficult. 
That would be an 1,100% return on your membership investment. Well, not so fast, Brian. What about my time? My time is worth something. So true. If you're making $150,000 a year, your ROI in solving only one $3,564 problem per month, including the price of your membership, would be 375.2%. Plus, you'll get access to a community of business owners just like you who understand exactly what you're going through. You don't have to go through this alone, and you shouldn't have to learn every lesson in business the hard way. If you, want to, uh, if you want that kind of ROI on proven problem solving with zero risk because you can try it out for free and there's no long-term commitments, send an introductory email to hello at serviceindustrysuccess.com and I'll send you the details to come try out a meeting for free. And if you'd rather jump on a phone call for me to answer any questions you have, I'm happy to do that too. That's hello at serviceindustrysuccess.com. Just send a quick email and I'll get the information you need or we can schedule that call. All right. In order to be able to publish meaningful data, we must first identify or create the meaningful KPI key performance indicator that will measure the exact performance we aim to achieve or improve. So again, in sales, like these, these are just, they're, they're so simple. What's your average sale? What's your total sales? What's your close rate? Like, you know, whatever. You'll know all that stuff. Those are super simple. It gets a little more difficult when you have things that are not sales related because the, because honestly, the, the metrics are, are less readily available. You can't have any kind of software in sales where they don't spit out all these, these data points. If you want to track something, though, like my made-up example, which I randomly just completely made up on the fly here on the invoices, but that's, a, that's an issue. Like If you have an employee who's, who's got 50 invoices a month, you could absolutely track how many of those get, get, get turned in on time. You could do something as simple as putting a, um, an OT on the, you know, when, it, when it's turned in, like on time, like, and then you just track the data. If it's costing you, you know, a ton of money and time by tracking these things down, um, doing that one extra step might make perfect sense for you. Again, there's other things I've, I've seen on, on customer service stuff where literally that one call center went from people like fighting over who would take the calls um, like in, in meaning they, they were trying to avoid taking the calls to within a few weeks, like clamoring and like, you know, People getting upset because they weren't they were they were getting beat to the calls, which was the entire point. We wanted the phone to be picked up on the first ring, not the fourth. And we solved that by by posting the percentage of calls that each individual was taking. You have seen on happy calls, mystery calls, uh, you know, and of course, you know, accident prevention stuff. So I can't think of very many things that you couldn't do this with. Again, in some cases, it's going to have to you're going to invest a little bit of time or or energy, which is money, to track this stuff. But if it's really causing you a pain point, then it's well worth it, right? So the first thing is we have to identify the KPI we're going to measure. And you could ask the team. If you don't know what it is, like ask them. I, I, I promise you they'll have great ideas on that. The other thing is it has to be consistent. They will not care more than you do, I promise. So if you do this for three weeks and stop, guess what they're going to do? We have to be consistent. We have to be timely. We have to do it either every day. Weekly is great. Quarterly is probably not going to move the needle much, right? Monthly, I don't know. Probably not that much. The, this has got to be something that is top of mind. It's got to be rapid. It's got to be consistent. It's got to be public. And if you can, make it fun. Now, I know some things are not as fun. It's not fun to talk about accident prevention stuff. So maybe you can make that fun. Maybe you can. Maybe you can figure out a way to, to make it fun. If you can, do it. If you can't, you can't. I would say the other things are more important. Consistency. Timely, meaning quarter. I mean, if you're going to publish stuff, stuff quarterly, like 
expecting people to care is is a long shot. They're not going to. We have to demonstrate to them this matters to us. We're doing this every week on the same time, and we're consistent. This matters to us. That is what helps show them this should matter to them. If you're going to publish it every 90 days, that just that does not send a message that we care, all right? Or we care enough to put energy into it ourselves. We care enough to nag about it. We don't care enough to put energy into ourselves, and that's what they're really going to cue off of. So don't forget to get the information. Try out one of our weekly Service Business Academy weekly Zoom calls for free. Just in an introductory email to hello at serviceindustrysuccess.com today. That's hello at serviceindustrysuccess.com. Quick introduction. Your name, company name, how many years you've been in business, how many employees you got, what you're struggling with. Again, if you'd rather jump on a phone call, happy to do that too. Don't forget to subscribe or follow this podcast if you haven't done that yet. Please share it with a friend or colleague who's a service uh, business owner. And if you haven't had a chance yet, give us a rating review. That's how we grow this thing. There's only three ways to grow a podcast. Those are it. You got to share. You got to follow, subscribe, rating review. That's the path. I wish it was uh, I wish it was easier. I'm sorry. Those are the things we have to ask for, though. Um, anyhow, that's it for this week, and I'll talk to you all next week.